0: It's time for another episode of Frustration Nation, episode 111, Make-A-Wish. It's been another week of a lot of the same. Michigan and Notre Dame both win, the Lions and the Bears both lose, Um, but it is new this week. We have hockey to react to, the Red Wings put a bullet in the Blackhawks, but The Bulls just came off a weekend of dominating the Pistons in two games, so uh, we have some new sports to discuss. As I'm editing this episode on a Monday night, I'm currently watching Game 1 of the World Series. There's just a lot going on in the sporting world. We're really in that golden couple of weeks where we have all the sports going on, Um, so we have a lot to talk about. We also get into some Mad Libs and some fan-favorite segments, so check out the episode we hope you enjoy it let's go welcome to frustration nation presented by shoot your shot sports We are the FN Podcast for FN fans FM FN sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Chicago fan, Furious George, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Detroit fan, Man in the Michigan Hat. What are you mad about today, Man in the Michigan Hat? Fire Matt Nagy. Go. Your aggressive feelings, boy. Let the hate flow through you. Um, thank you for that introduction. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> so, I'm going to have a lot of frustration with sports, probably, as we go along, but I'm going to start with something much more immediate, recent, and pressing to Fire my life now. right now. <laughs> my vent, we'll get to that, um... I have just stepped a few minutes ago into a puddle in my basement with socked feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if anyone's experienced this before, it is one of the most rage inducing things that can happen to a person. Um, there's no worse feeling in the world than stepping into a puddle with socks on. Um, yeah, immediately zero to 100 anger, frustration ready to break something or throw my laptop like there's no worse feeling in the world so i just thought i'd start it off with that i feel like it's something a lot of our listeners can relate with stepping in water with socks on what about you well i have to look at my notes because i don't even remember what i said oh yes what i'm frustrated about is how could i forget actually it's perfect because what i'm mad about is that i just don't feel anything i'm numb Mm. And I feel very much the same way I think you did about Michigan football a year ago Those were with the Bears, and I feel more about the Bears this way than I did even last year during the six-game losing streak. And they're not even in a losing like they're in a two-game losing streak, I guess. But it's not like six games; it's just a couple. Like, here's the thing: it's like I can handle Bears losing because they've lost for most of my life, but. What I can't handle is the loss to the Browns, the loss to the Buccaneers where the Bears don't even look like a professional football team out on the field when they're playing those two teams. And sure, you can excuse it against the Buccaneers a little bit because it's like, yeah, they're the Super Bowl champs, mm-hmm. but the Browns, come on. And like, seriously, I don't care if, you're, if the team wins the Super Bowl or if, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, it should be more competitive than that, almost always, and it's embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. So I guess I'm the reason I'm upset is because I'm, I don't, I'm starting to not even feel anything anymore about the Bears. Like, obviously, I'm still passionate and I still care, which I guess is means I feel something. But like, when things when bad things happen for the Bears, I don't even I, I don't care. Like I, I'm just like, at this point, I'm just watching the game because it's like what I've always done in my life. But I'm not really like, if something bad happens, I'm just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I just keep watching, waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, look, Roquan Smith made a nice play. Oh, back to bad. Like, it mm-hmm. nothing that they do surprises me ever. And I'm just like, I'm just numb to it. When Rogers said, I own you, I still own you, I was numb the whole time. I was just like, I don't, this doesn't even matter. I don't oh, really that's care. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even interested in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady hangs 21 points on the Bears in the first quarter, throws a 600th touchdown, throws four touchdowns in the first half. I, don't, I honestly just don't care. Like, good mm-hmm. for him. At that, honestly, at that point, I'm just happy for Tom Brady more than any. Like, I, it's just like, I don't care. Like, Oh, the Bears only score three points. Justin Fields looks horrible. Like, okay, I don't care. And on that note, I'm just going to go ahead and roll into our main topic. Mm -hmm. Or our first topic, which is NFL. On that note, all the people who want to say that, okay, look, I understand there's a lot of Bears Twitter who is saying, how can you blame Justin Fields for that game? Look, he didn't have any time to throw and all this stuff. And I a hundred percent agree with you. But to excuse him of all blame is negligent, in my opinion, because there I mean, look, there were five turnovers by him. Mm-hmm. You can you you can excuse away one of the interceptions, you can or two of the interceptions, you can excuse away even one or two of the fumbles but the point the point is is that an elite quarterback in most cases is going to at least avoid um avoid that many turnovers and i think that I'm not, I'm not saying Justin Fields won't be elite maybe this becomes the ultimate learning game for him maybe it's this game that causes him to like turn around the way he handles things in his career i don't really know But he just did not look good. He never looked comfortable. And I do, I I want, he deserves some of the blame. I don't think he deserves all of it. Definitely not all of it. But I think it's important. I, I think it's equally important for your rookie running back to accept blame. For you to just always be throwing it off and like, no, it's not him. It's not him. It's not him. I think that play, I don't know. I I think that's a disservice. I think it's important for anybody not like this is not, not even sports just in life in general. It's important to accept blame, realize that you did something wrong or you didn't perform well, whatever the case may be and move on from there. Now, all that being said, the, his receivers really did him no favors that game and the coaching staff continues to just screw up. Like really when you look at the Bears I'm I'm getting to a point now at the Bears that the offense isn't even the problem. It's the coaching. Like the coaching staff the coaching is the weakest link. It's not the offense that's the weakest link. It's the coaching that's the weakest link. Like the coaching it <coughs> so the number one thing that I think made Bears fans mad was it was revealed after the game on Fields' first interception of the day where he kind of th- chucked the ball downfield mm-hmm. that he somebody in his headset, one of his coaches, was like, the Bucks have a 12th man on the field. Snap the ball and do uh, – it's a free play. It's a free play. And so he snaps the ball. It, it, he thinks it's a free play. He chucks the ball downfield, interception. No flag is thrown. There were no 12 men on the field. And so now immediately you have your coaching staff – just creating a total mess for your rookie quarterback because you're basically just you basically just you're so incompetent you can't even count the right number of people on the field. I don't know what they saw. I don't know if there was a player running off the last moment. I don't know if they saw a coach over on the sidelines or what they saw, but they saw something, and that is what resulted as a play. So I guess I guess all this to say. As you look at the Bears week to week, who's to blame, who's to blame, who's to blame? You can point fingers at the receivers. Cole Kmet has been bad. Allen Robinson has been bad or like below average, I guess. Um, Darnell Mooney has been good, except for last game he was bad. Like, you can come up with a bunch of different individual players to blame, but I think every time it always comes back to coaching it always 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 does and uh so this is spoiling spoilers for later in the episode but for my effing idiot i was debating of doing matt naggy or bears fans and i honestly i'm just gonna talk about both of them here and maybe i'll feel like talking about them again later but here's the thing is like actually you know what i'm just gonna talk about the fans Fans immediately take to Twitter and are like, Fire Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy shouldn't have a job come Monday morning. All right. You're looking at the last quarter of Matt Nagy's career as Bears head coach. Like all these comments people are making. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand. I just don't know what it's going to take to get it through the thick skulls of these Bears fans. We've been told time and time and time again that the Bears do not fire people midseason. And I don't know what makes you think. After a year where they had a six-game losing streak, after a, and that stretch was just as abysmal as this one is now, after questionable coaching decisions, I just don't understand how you can really feel like they're going to fire him midseason. I 100% believe Matt Nagy is probably already on the chopping block, but they're not going to bring the hammer down until the season is over. And I think it's malpractice, but it's the reality of what the Bears' ownership does. So... You need to stop, like, fantasizing, frankly, about this man getting fired. And you just need to accept the fact that this is going to be a brutal season and that every game from here on out basically has no point. Because even if you want to say, well, it's about developing Justin Fields, well, do you really trust him to be developed correctly under Matt Mm -hmm. Nagy and his regime? And so, really, the reality you're looking at as a Bears fan is, okay, Nagy is with the Bears through at least the rest of this season – We have to hope the best for Fields because the worst case scenario is that Nagy in his one season with Fields totally ruins him, creates a ton of bad habits, and then next year when you have a different head coach there, then they have basically a broken quarterback that they have to deal with. And now you're back in the same Bears puzzle that you've always been in. And I'm not saying that firing Matt Nagy is the solution either because a lot of people have debated who would take over. Could it be um would it be Sean Desai would it be uh Bill Lazor would it be um oh what's the other name Mike Pettin who would be the head coach and I understand there's some concern there um but Nagy is very clearly not the answer and I think it'd be easier for um I don't know I, I I just I I think it'd be easier for Fields to not create bad habits without Nagy than with him. Mm-hmm. So I am, that's my concern. And yeah, I just really hope that I really hope the Bears figure it out. And it's like I said, I think it's malpractice that you are so adamant that you would not fire somebody mid-season. You have no reason to do that, like unless uh, even if even if you swore to george hallis on his deathbed like father i promised i will never fire anybody on this team unless the season is concluded like even if you swore that like come on like totally normal thing to swear on a deathbed <laughs> exactly <laughs> but also this is the modern nfl okay mm-hmm. george hallis coached in a time when maybe that was more taboo to, to fire people mid-season but Like, seriously, the Bears are bad. And they've, and I get so sick of the Nagy defenders who are like, but look at his record. He's like, you know, eight games over 500 or whatever. It's like, you are telling me you're still going back to 2018, which clearly was an anomaly year. And clearly the biggest factor in that team was not Matt Nagy, but it was Vic Fangio and his defense. And you're still going back to that and telling me that that is why Nagy deserves to be a head coach. I see so many people like, well, you don't know how many head coaches don't even get to 500 after, like, breakout years in their careers and stuff. And, yeah, maybe the Bears are coming up on another year where they're due for a breakout. But it's just – it's just I hate how people are like, well, look at his record. Oh, yeah, well, look at his record since that. Mm -hmm. He's exactly 500, Mm -hmm. and if mediocre is what you want for the Bears, then – glad then Nagy's the perfect coach for you it's what have you done for me recently like doug peterson won a super bowl and was fired because he yeah. was mediocre after that so acting like 2018 which wasn't even a super bowl just a good playoff run mm-hmm. was something that's worth giving you job security for a decade <sighs> is ridiculous yeah so yeah that's yeah so that's, I mean, that's where I'm at. Like, I don't even have really thoughts about the game that much. Like, again, I'm kind of numb to it. Like, oh look, the uh, ba- Bears fans who are shocked by what happened. It's like, why? Like, it's pretty. Like, I, I okay, I was expecting the Bears to at least score like 10 or 13 points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the three points was disappointing, but honestly, the the Bucks scoring 34. Was like lower than I expected. I kind of, I was kind of expecting like a forty-two, or like even forty-five to like thirteen or fourteen game. Um, and it could have been, but to their credit, the Bears made a fourth, fourth and one stop at the goal line. So that, yeah. And the the Bucks stopped playing Tom Brady at one point too. Um, How oh, did they? Okay. So actually, here, here's the deal, Bears fans. Here, here's the good news. If you take out the first quarter. The Bears actually only lost thirteen to three. Mm, respectable, yeah. covered. Yeah, only ten. Yeah, exactly. Only a ten-point loss to Brady and the Bucks. If you take out the first quarter, okay. <laughs> if you take away all of Brady's touchdowns, they actually only lose six to three. That's true too. <laughs> and if you take the Bears' field goal in the first half, mm-hmm. but none of the Vikings scoring in the first half. The Bears are actually tied three to three at the end of that game. And if you make each turnover worth three points and take away all of Brady's touchdowns, the Bears win. So look at it that way. Bears. Actually, if you take away all the points that the Buccaneers scored, mm. the Bears win. Yeah. i have never and thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know something another way to think about it? Yeah. Another way to think about it is that the um if the Bears had been playing the Detroit Red Wings that day mm-hmm. and scored three goals, yep. they still would have lost. Uh, the, so, Which that, actually yeah. just happened to. Yeah, so the Blackhawks, not that we're talking about hockey right now, but yep. the Blackhawks, um, who are like the worst team in hockey right now, um, they scored three goals against the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is that they scored the same amount of goals. The Bears scored points. But in really, both what I'm games, it away. wasn't even close to enough to win it. <laughs> Nagy really just needs to work on his power play is what I'm hearing. Well, yeah. actually, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, I think it was Mark Lazarus who writes for the Blackhawks. He tweeted out at one point, he said, um, he said, we should have Colleton coach the Bears and Nagy coach the Blackhawks just for fun. Just one game <laughs> for fun. <laughs> Sounds, yeah, <laughs> entertaining at dude, least. Bel- dude, can you imagine, at least in Chicago, the television ratings, I would not that'd miss be... those games it would be oh aw- yeah it'd be awesome <laughs> but like still wearing what they normally wear some <laughs> Nackies yeah behind the players his with suit. his vi- his visor and his sweatsuit <laughs> that'd be awesome and his big face sheet. sheet over yeah. his face <laughs> and colton would wear his gray suit with his black tie and his little red flower lapel <laughs> on the sidelines looks like he's always there chewing you know. gum like pete carroll yep <laughs> did you see okay i guess we are talking about hockey did you see the one uh in, in that game towards the end of the game the blackhawks had a power play and did you see what coach colleton did during mm, the timeout before the power play i don't think so i was kind of in and out of that game this shows you i didn't even watch it this is just like afterwards uh-huh. so the blackhawks are not worth worth watching right now this literally happened from a head coach He took his white board Mm -hmm. that they draw plays on, handed it to the group of players who are on the ice. Like these are the players that are active for that shift. Like it's not the players on the bench, it's the players on the ice during this timeout. He hands them the whiteboard totally blank and he just like steps aside and the players draw their own play. What? You have to look I retweeted it at one point. you have to wild it dude that let me look you, you have to find it. it it's somewhere in my retweets he's just like here's the board good luck <laughs> ser- yeah and he looks totally disinterested like he just kind of steps away it's like might as well just play hangman on the board at that point why have him like it's the that is exactly why he does not you can't have him as your coach you just can't all right let me see i think i retweeted it i hope i did. oh I, I got you Oh, uh, Hawks call timeout. Colton hands the dry erase to the players. They draw something up and hand it back. <laughs> there, hold on. There's a video of it, too. What is this? Did you find the video? No, I'm just looking at the, the still shots. <laughs> the tough comment. Do you like me? It has boxes to check for yes and no. <laughs> That's what it said, yeah. Uh, (laughs) the the comments are funny there's a whiteboard that just says we need a new coach signed to the team (laughs) 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 what is going on why can i not find (sighs) this is frustrating yeah i don't see it wow I'll try to find the video and send it to you. I feel but, like that's something you need to come out and explain in a press conference. Like that's a really yeah, bad. I hope, bad look. and you know, I don't follow the Blackhawks beat super closely like I do the Bears beat, but I sure hope that like Mark Lazarus and Scott Powers are the two athletic writers for the Hawks, and they're awesome, and I and they're they're both kind of no nonsense guys from what I can tell, and I really hope that they, I really hope that they, uh ask that all right it's i one just of those found things. i just found the video i'm gonna send it to you okay it's one of those things When you are in the middle of a really rough stretch people are gonna latch on to like anything that's questionable and mm-hmm. obviously like blow it out of proportion possibly but you can't leave that something like that open for interpretation when you're already in such yeah low esteem from the city let's see this is ridiculous watching this video back. Jeremy Colton has given up. It's Colton Get it right. Col- Respect our coach. <laughs> <laughs> so he just hands them the board. Like, he doesn't even look there. interested. Like, he doesn't even have the board what? ready. So this is a timeout. He's before, like, oh, yeah, here's the board, guys. Yeah, before power play. It's like the players almost come up and are like, coach, where's the board? And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, you want that? And what, so they have the board for like 10 seconds. What are they even, so another, an assistant has the board. He takes the board from that guy, hands it to the players. But like at the beginning of that clip, Colleton's just like leaning over, like talking to them like, hey guys, what's up? You guys ready for this power play? Yeah. What was your plan going into this? If it wasn't the board, you were just going to, yeah. And it's a Chicago timeout. So he calls timeout. To do nothing. Like what the heck? Wow. So anyway, I hadn't seen that. That's wow. Isn't that like damning? It's just bizarre. It should be like, yeah. I can't even think of what possible justification. Like, hey, we've worked on this play in practice, so they already know it. Okay, well then, like, why even hand them the board? Right. What is your job as head coach? Like, isn't that part of it? Yeah. If you're not drawing up specific plays, then don't even hand them the board. Just like, hey, we're getting you guys together to let you know this is what we're doing. Like, just the fact that you handed them the board is just a bad look, you know? I mean, okay. I know there's more to this. But seriously, when you think about it, it's like, okay, so a hockey coach, he puts the lines together. He conditions them. Yep. He manages personalities if there are any big ones in hockey, which they're really rarely are barely ever are, (laughs) and he manages their minutes on the ice you have time to draw plays Mm -hmm. and you had better have like you have this is his like third season as the blackhawks head coach i would trust that you've been high that you've been hired with a brain for hockey and that you would know how like how to create a interesting power play that could realistically work and result in goal scoring And it's just bizarre because it's like, all right, the Red Wings, it's a different situation. You have a guy who has a really young team. I already have kind of had questions about whether Blashill is the guy moving forward. So we'll just kind of do all our hockey thoughts now, I guess. Um, (laughs) But it's like, with him, it's like, okay, a big part of your job is developing young talent. With the Blackhawks, you have a pretty veteran group overall. So it's like, you don't really have to do that as much as you act – for that a bigger portion of your job would be drawing up plays it feels like because you probably have less to do on the developmental side yep. so yeah that's that's strange um yeah obviously a really rough stretch right now for the Blackhawks so it's bad yeah it's very bad um so i i don't know i i'm very it, it, it's it's frustrating because, and I joked about this on Twitter. I was like, "Don't worry, Bears fans. Like after this abysmal Bears game, you can go watch the Blackhawks, who have not led for a second this entire season so far. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. it's just stupid." Wow. Yeah. um Okay. So, so let's go to yeah. Talk. Tell me about the Lions, and if you want to talk more hockey, you can too. Since we're kind of yeah blending the two. Yep. Um. So Lions. I mean, I won't spend too much time on this. We're at this point in the season. The Lions are 0-7. It's like there's not really much to say. The narrative of the team is basically already established. And Hey, that's all right. The, the Blackhawks are 0-6-1, so <laughs> it's basically the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like we already know what the Lions are. There's not really much that can happen to change the trajector- trajectory of this season. There's not really much that can happen to change my view on p- individual personnel or staff or anything. Like, it's kind of is what it is at this point. You know, you just ride it out, draft somebody, and start next year. So, uh, Dan Campbell's getting a lot of credit for how he coached against the Rams. And I will say I'm happy with what he did. He, he You go out. You... You go up two scores before the Rams even touch the ball because you score and then you go an onside kick, recover, and score again. Cool. Like, that's what you do when you're playing a team that's better than you. He converts two fake punts during the game, um, which that's awesome. And tells me during the week you knew, okay, big game. We want to beat Stafford. They're a better team than we are. We're going to pull out all the stops. Good. I respect that. You have nothing to lose. You're a bad team. I feel like if you're a bad team, you should be going for it on almost every fourth down. Like, why not at that point? You know, what do you have to lose? So, sure, I respect the way he coached the game. I feel like he is getting a little too much credit from Lions fans for frankly doing his job. Like I respect what he did, but a lot of Lions fans are overreacting and saying he is clearly proving that he is the guy for the future. I mean, is he like <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Moral victories don't do a lot for me. Um, so this year, it it is what it is. Like you want to lose for the draft. Perfect scenario is you lose games, but you look competitive. You lose close. Your young guys develop. Sure, but I it's mean, like how how far can moral victories really carry you as a fan base when it comes to proving a coach? Like I don't know. It's this year was kind of just a wash anyway. Jared Goff sucks. Like, I think we just saw. Like, he made some good plays in this game. I think we just saw his best game he's ever going to play as a Lion, and he still throws the game away, down six points with, like, three minutes left. He throws a red zone interception. It's like, well, there's Jared Goff again. (laughs) Actually could have won this game, and he throws a pick. So, yeah, I'm just, I tire of seeing Jared Goff. There's some interesting rumors that maybe by the time this episode's out, Deshaun Watson is potentially being traded to the Dolphins, but... I thought you were going to say the Lions. I was like, No, that would be very interesting. Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins. The thing is, apparently Houston doesn't want Tua. His stock is pretty low right now. They just drafted Davis Mills, um, who at least at this point they would probably think is at least on par with Tua. Um, Wouldn't that be something if somehow... The Lions ended up with Tua. That's where I'm going with it, yeah. Yeah, you wanted Tua over Okuda and that Yeah, and I mean, people are going to make fun of it and say, well, Herbert was obviously a better pick than Tua, sure. And as Tua looked great, no. As a Lions fan, though, I would do everything you can to be that third party in this trade and get Tua. Because I'm sick of watching Jared Goff. There's no quarterbacks really in the draft this year. So basically, you bring in Tua, you give him the rest of this year and next year. Yep. And then at that point, if he's if he's as bad as Goff has been, cool. All you've lost is the second round pick or whatever it takes to be in on this trade to get Tua. Yep. And it hasn't cost you anything outside of that pick, and you've taken a chance. I mean, he was a top five pick. He's a if he, if you had to look at this upcoming draft and Tua was coming out this year, he'd be by far the best prospect in this draft. So why not? So I don't know. There's some things the, that could happen that would be interesting but i think the dolphins are kind of turning into a dumpster fire if i'm being honest because they did a great job accumulating picks and then they did a terrible job using the picks because exactly which <laughs> it, not, you know i know it's a different sport but you kind of wonder how that'll work out for the oklahoma city thunder too yeah. with all the picks they have but, i mean same thing you you start the rebuild the right way but that's almost the easier part then yeah. at some point you still have to use the picks a couple people draft the wrong guys a couple people like or a couple years ago like when they traded laramie Tunsil and all these people everyone was like wow the dolphins are like they're gonna be really good like look at what they're doing all this stuff and it's like nope <laughs> they're just because even here, here's the reason they're a dumpster fire because even say even they do trade for watson now they have deshaun watson that saga is not over like has anybody heard any conclusion to that whole story? I don't think so. That feels like the perfect way to cap off a terrible rebuild is just sink the whole thing with a risky Watson pick. Plus, it's like okay, well, you bring in Watson, that's good, but you got Will Fuller in the off season, He's been suspended, and then in the draft, you had a chance to take somebody like uh, Jamar Chase or somebody. You know, it's like I mean, they got Jalen Waddle. Yeah, you trade back and get waddle and it's like he's been trade back today fine yeah they traded back because they were like top three originally oh that's right because they traded with the niners yep so they trade back and then get waddle and it's like okay well you could have had a real difference maker receiver instead so it's just been some questionable moves so yeah but anyway that's really all i have on the lions yeah i liked the game that he called dan campbell but it's like Man, I don't know that much can really change at this point in the season for well, me. I honestly, think there's a good chance you go into the bye week because you play the Eagles next. If you go into the bye week, the week after that, and don't have a win, I don't know, man. Like I, I respect how much the team is fighting for him, but these are only humans, right? They're yeah. not robots. At some point, you can't. How can you continue to fire yourself up each week to go out there and fight for your coach when you haven't won a game? It's like, man, at some point. <laughs> You know. I don't know, but honestly, I hope, I hope for your sake and our sake on the show. Like, I hope that you guys get Tua because that would make the show way more interesting yeah, and fun. Just be something to, uh, it'd give me a reason to watch Lions games and this the year. Bears Thanksgiving game against the Lions would actually be interesting to watch. Yeah, so. We'll Um, see. Just some—it's not major talk, but it's been not just Detroit media saying that we should do this. Like, there's been some national media saying a third team is being discussed, and the Lions are one of the teams listed possibly. So, yep. Um. So, just a quick heads up for anybody that's what you know that's listening to this. If you hear me react to anything, I have a Nuggets. What? Are you watching the Nuggets? Yeah, I have a huge parlay going on right now, and I need the Nuggets to win. They're currently losing with five minutes to go in the third to the Cavaliers um, by five. Okay. Um, You just need Moneyline, right? Moneyline Nuggets. Huh. And what was the odds plus what? Uh, I don't remember. 700 or something. I think it was plus 600. Nice. Because I put down 10. Yeah. To pay out 70 or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Um, so so as far, that's NFL, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Well, to keep going um, with, I mean, this is a bit of a spoiler, but to keep yep. going with NFL, I do have a Mad Lib for us tonight. I, I can't get these memories. some kind of madness it started to me this is madness but i don't want to go among mad people oh you can't help that most everyone's mad here <laughs> So, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, as you all know, say if you've listened to the show or if you've ever gone on a road trip before, if especially if you're white and homeschooled, Mad Libs are a game that you play where you create a story by filling in the blanks of, oh, this is an adjective, this is a noun, this is a verb, this is an adverb, this is a place, a person, things like that, okay? You're, I'm going to ask Man of Michigan Hat to give me some of those things to fill in, and then I read the story. Yeah. And if you do it right, it should be really funny at the end. It's a great way. Uh, the reason I say homeschoolers play it a lot is because um, homeschoolers' moms like to think that it's a good educational game. Like, this is a great way on a family vacation for me to test to make sure they are paying attention in their grammar class, asking them what an adjective is. So we're going it's to be true. doing that now, and the first thing I need from you, man, Michigan hat is a noun. All right, let's get into it. Um, zucchini. Okay. A good Zook. I can always get behind that. All right. Plural noun. Mittens. All right. I need an adjective. Aroused. Uh, hold on, let me make sure this is... aroused. Alright, give me a celebrity. Hmm. Jeffrey Epstein. Okay give me a the name of a media outlet mm. um cartoon network all right give me a verb slurp Give me another verb. Mm. Stroke. All right. Good. Stroke. Stroked. Stroking. To stroke. I think I got it. stroked. (laughs) She stroked then stroked by the seashore. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm fixing a couple things. I have how oh, this is formatted. Okay, I need another. Uh, oh, sorry. I need another plural noun. Mmm, biscuits. And you're on a. Are you hungry? You mentioned zucchini and biscuits. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite meal. Yeah, zucchini and biscuits. <laughs> Can I have a noun? Hmm. Jockstrap. Okay. I need another noun. Um. let's go with thong all right similar theme and one more noun um folding chair all right I need another plural noun. Testicles. All right. Um I need a number. S- Do it. 7 <laughs> <laughs> 7069. All right. <laughs> I need um hold on. I need a noun. Taint. <laughs> I need a verb. Taint twist twisting. <laughs> yeah, taint. Uh <laughs> um, the tainted taint. That's my bar name. All right. <laughs> I need another celebrity. Ben Stiller. Okay. I need a profession. Proctologist. Mm. They would know a lot about the... Never mind. Um, <laughs> Zucchini. I need a location. Your mom's house. Alright. <laughs> uh, um, I need a verb. Um... Um, sprinting. I need an adjective. Slippery. I need another adjective. Engorged. I need a noun. Um... Um Prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> and I need a <laughs> verb. Um Sniffing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. So that is the Mad Lib. Here is the article. The okay. article is titled. <clears throat> Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan rewarded for giving up Tom Brady's 600th touchdown ball. Oh, inspiring. Have you seen this story? I've seen, yeah. He, like, handed it to him and people were saying he was yeah. an idiot. And then Brady said, I'll give him something really special. Oh, yeah. Well, you'll find out oh, in this yeah. Mad Lib. <clears> oh, <throat> Reporting from Tampa Bay, Florida, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady said the fan who was kind enough to give back his 600th career zucchini that was thrown into the mittens is going to get something aroused in return. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bra- Bra- Brady, wide receiver Jeffrey Epstein, and the Bucs are all making good on that. Oh, I forgot a noun. Give me a noun real quick. Fast, fast, fast. Um, um Scrotum. All right, so Brady, wide receiver Jeffrey Epstein, and the Bucks are all making good on that scrotum. Yeah, they are. <laughs> A team source told Cartoon Network that Byron Kennedy, who was slurped in the end zone when Epstein stroked oh, the record-breaking Zucchini Oh, yeah. Into- <laughs> Read that <laughs> sentence again. <laughs> I have to gather myself. Hold on. Okay, this whole paragraph is gonna be our undoing. Just one second. (laughs) This it may not even be the best sentence of the whole thing. Okay. A team source told Cartoon Network that Byron Kennedy, (laughs) who was (laughs) (laughs) who was slurped in the end zone (laughs) when Epstein stroked the record-breaking zucchini into the mittens. Will receive two signed Brady Biscuits, a jockstrap, another folding chair autographed by Epstein, and Epstein's <laughs> game-worn thong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who Epstein is replacing, by the way, in this? Uh, Mike Evans. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. The team is... <laughs> The team is also providing a pair of testicles for the remainder. <laughs> I can't. Okay. The team is also providing a pair of testicles for the remainder of 2021 and all of the 2022, and a $7,069 credit to the official team store. Evans had not realized that it was Brady's 600th career zucchini, making Mm. Brady the first taint in NFL history to twist (laughs) that mark. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Until Coach Ben Stiller told him. A proctologist. What'd you say? I feel like he could be an NFL (laughs) coach. A proctologist was able to get the zucchini back from Kennedy, who is an (laughs) intern. Where was this zucchini (laughs) located? (laughs) A proctologist was able to retrieve it. So he was able to get the zucchini back from Kennedy, who is an Mm -hmm. internal medicine resident in your mom's house. (laughs) Nice. All right. I prepare myself for this (laughs) sentence. All right. (laughs) Epstein sprinted after the game. Sorry, big bro. Glad that slippery and gorge prostitute was stiff. Say <laughs> so so that again. That's a lot to process. <laughs> <laughs> that was Epstein, a lot of words back to okay. back. Epstein sprinted after the game. Okay. <laughs> and said, "Sorry, big bro. Glad that slippery, engorged prostitute was sniffed." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Brady said of Kennedy, "That was really cool of him to do that." Mm. That's it. Wow. That was that was something. That was a wild <laughs> ride. <laughs> Glad that slippery and gorge Prostitute was sniffed Dude when you said Those three (laughs) So good I think it's more fun typing it in Than like Mm -hmm. Oh my word (laughs) Good stuff Byron Kennedy who was slurped in the end zone When Epstein stroked The record breaking Zucchini into the mitten. That is quite a vivid picture. (laughs) Stroked into the mittens. We've all been there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. The team is also providing a pair of testicles for the remainder of the season. A nice team pair of loner testicles. (laughs) You borrow these for the rest of the year. Wow. All right. So... If you ever get an important milestone Tom Brady ball, now you know mm-hmm. what you can expect in return. Wow. I need to get tickets to a game for number 700. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <coughs> Thanks, Jeff, for your yeah. contribution. It said no one ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the story actually eerily close <laughs> to true events. <laughs> Uh, I have comments that I will save for later <laughs> probably uh, for the best. <laughs> I will I need to gather myself. I'm going to let you kind of transition to college football. All right. <laughs> um okay, so let's start with uh so Michigan, Notre Dame both had the bye week last week so we didn't have much to update on. Both teams played. Both teams won. Uh so Michigan played Northwestern, what will probably be the easiest Big 10 team they play. Actually, without a doubt should be um so yeah did what they're supposed to do they take care take care of business they cover the spread um come out start slow in some ways in the end of the defense and the run game which has been the story of the year which is too much they imposed their will on northwestern it was another game where you really see the team's identity the team did what they want to do and what they're good at um so um i don't think much has really been proven by this game a lot of the same questions i have a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses from the team michigan kind of is what they are like we've seen the same thing now for enough games the question is with michigan state coming up this week is that enough to beat some of these better teams we're going to play um So, I mean, I'll kind of preview it a little bit. I am very nervous for this game. Michigan should be the better team. Uh, Both teams are kind of similar. They haven't really played anyone great. A lot of the games that looked like signature wins, like Michigan over Wisconsin, Michigan State over Miami, have kind of proven to be kind of underwhelming because of what those teams have gone on to do. So, I don't know. Um, These teams kind of feel similar as far as their resumes. Michigan has a much better defense. Michigan State looks like they have a much better quarterback and passing game. I don't really know what to expect. I just know historically Michigan-Michigan State has always been a close game. Um, Michigan State last year was terrible, so was Michigan, but they go in to the big house and beat Michigan last year, and Michigan State's offense is much better this year. So I am very nervous. Um, I think this is a game that's going to really in a lot of ways define what we end up thinking of this season because frankly if Michigan loses to Michigan State even if they win every other game and then lose to Ohio State and they're 10 and 2 that's not enough for me like I you can't be oh for like oh for whatever seven or eight against Ohio State whatever it is now and then also start off oh and two against Michigan State with Mel Tucker I like, just can't do it unacceptable so this is one of those games if Michigan beats Michigan State I still say the standard needs to be you beat Ohio state, but I'm at least willing to then entertain some possibilities about, Hey, if you go into the Ohio state game undefeated, you lose a close game, you get a high profile bowl game. Maybe I'm willing to entertain like, Hey, it's not what I wanted, but it's about as successful of a season as I could reasonably have expected. Um, But if you lose to Michigan state, that's all out the window at that point to me, I've seen enough Harbaugh's not the guy like as much as these wins have been fun you cannot lose to Michigan State so for that reason in some ways this Michigan State game is more important to me than the Ohio State game because I've almost written that off as a loss already you cannot lose this game to Michigan State um, so I think this is This is by far the most high-profile game these teams have ever played. This is the first time both teams that I can remember have ever been unranked facing each other late into the season. Um, This is by far the most highly ranked both teams have been at the same time when they face each other. This is a huge game on the road. Hostile crowd. And frankly, in a lot of ways, uh, the Ohio State rivalry is bigger than the Michigan State rivalry. But I have to hear from Michigan State fans more often. So I listen to a lot of uh, like sports media for the Detroit area still, radio stations, um, and a lot of them are Michigan State fans. So Ohio State, it's kind of easier to ignore, and I've become more used to the taunting. It's like, okay, we lose to them. It's one more year. It sucks, but it is what it is. If you lose to Michigan State now, and I have to endure an entire off season of Ohio State and Michigan State fans having bragging rights over us, I cannot handle that as a fan. So anyway, for, there's just, for so many reasons this is the most nervous I've been for a Michigan game, probably since number two, Michigan played number one, Ohio state or two and three or whatever they were ranked in like 2016. This is going to be huge. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm nervous. I'm terrified. Um, yeah. it. This is a big opportunity for Harbaugh to get a gigantic win for his resume. So, yeah. Uh yeah, so that might actually that might be is that a night game? No, it's a 11 central noon game. Okay. Cuz the Notre Dame plays at night next week and obviously okay. that's always my my priority, but I might actually like if I if I'm available, I might actually seriously watch that game cuz this is the biggest Michigan game and <coughs> in- Years, I'm excited for it genuinely. Genuinely, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game, and so from an outside perspective, it's just a really good game. But when you're a part of that good game as a fan, it's just scary. More than do they have any? Is there a line out for that game yet? I haven't looked on points bet, which is a sponsor, um, but I think I saw the line that first came out was like Michigan minus four. Okay, yeah, which I wouldn't as a fan. I would even say I do not recommend betting on Michigan. <laughs> they just these are always close games. I think Michigan probably wins this game, but man, to cover, I don't know. Like not that, saying it couldn't it wouldn't happen, but I think yeah, th- I would say That line that. got me like <laughs> inside joke for the, the video. I guess we're not putting the we're video. We're not doing off, the video, but... so just screw you if you didn't if you don't understand it, <laughs> which you, you won't. Um okay. <clears throat> um <laughs> so I had a big milestone in my life happen over this weekend. That's right. Um, I had up until this point. So many of you know that my Notre Dame fandom really kicked off in 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. And really since 2019 season, 1920 and now this season, I've been full on diehard Notre Dame fan even though I'm still newer to the franchise overall. Um but <clears throat> as a result of being a newer fan, I have up to this I, I had still been a Notre Dame virgin. Mm-hmm. Um kind of yeah. Kind of like Notre Dame herself. Um mm-hmm. and so I <laughs> I had been a Notre Dame Virgin up to this point and like i was a good notre dame fan should be yeah and i was very fortunate over this weekend to um uh, to to pop my notre dame cherry um and the best part is that uh i even got the trojans for my mm. virgin notre dame experience smart decision. um and yes, I was available, I was able to go to the Notre Dame-USC game this past weekend. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing, it was super <clears> fun. <throat> you actually were asking earlier how it how unfolded. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like you, I would have, if it was in advance you had planned it, I would have known, like, oh, you're going to the game. So I figured, since you were in, like, since you are pretty local. What do you mean we talk a- once a week? like you think I would just <laughs> tell you everything on actually. the last episode <laughs> <right>. um, <clears throat> so, so i figured it had to have been like a spur of the moment thing but it's actually a crazy story fun fact i actually went to two college football games on saturday in, atten- in attendance for yeah so just hold on hold on to your butts so All right, i got it <clears throat> this the past week it was my mother-in-law's birthday and we asked her what she wanted to do for her birthday on the mm-hmm. weekend and she said well joe who is her nephew for my cousin-in-law <clears throat> is the defensive line coach for trine university oh okay and so she's like i've, I've actually te- heard of them she was like i've been telling him that i want to get out there and support him so i was hoping we could do that so I, we woke up saturday morning and got ready and went to a one o'clock uh game at trine university hmm. and it was um it was actually a good game. Trying is one of the... So they're Division three, which mm-hmm. obviously isn't good, um, but they are one of the best D3 teams in the region. Um, is that then technically your first college football game you've been to? No, I've been to other college football games. Okay. I've been to... <sighs> I've been to a couple Northwestern games. Oh, okay. Um, cool. I don't remember... There was... The one... My favorite college game I've been to was I went to a Northwestern game in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, okay. so I, I've been to I've been at Jump Around before, which is pretty awesome. Sick. Okay. Um, and I've been to another no, uh, Northwestern game. I don't really, I don't remember who the, who the opponent was. Um, but no, so I went to try and again, really good D three school. They absolutely they absolutely absolutely dog walked Kalamazoo, like. Oh i actually know yeah kalamazoo okay it was like the what I, are they the i think it was like 40 or the, 47 to 16 or something like it it yeah. wasn't even close um Kalamazoo's what like the hornets or the, yeah, wasps the hornets. or something right yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's i've the, been on that campus before yeah they're not good <laughs> so but anyway so it, we went to that and so <clears throat> that game's over and We're standing around waiting for my cousin-in-law to be available to come say hi and Mm -hmm. while we're standing there my brother-in-law comes over and he's like kyle there's like have you seen the prices for the notre dame game tonight and i'm like in my head i'm like i know it's notre dame usc like it's not gonna be cheap like i appreciate like in my head i'm already like i appreciate the offer Mm -hmm. but i'm probably gonna have to take a pass because yeah yeah and he's like they have tickets for $45. I was like, what? And I was like, let me see them. And so he shows me the ticket view. The pictures you showed me weren't bad. No, it was <laughs> in the lower level. Yeah. And in the corner. And I was like, uh, he, he was like, do you want to go? And I was like, yes, 100% yep. yes. And good move. So, very, it was a very spur of the moment. Like I turn to my wife and I'm like, You gonna let me go? And she's like, Yeah, I'll let you go. So Clutch. Yeah, so so it was crazy though. So we go back so my brother in law two of my brother in laws came in a separate car and I drove with my father and mother in law, my wife and my kids. In one they car. They went to the game? The Trine University game. Oh, I get you. Okay. Um and So, we were going back to the car, and I was like, okay, Aaron, my wife, here are, like, I just want to make sure she had everything or whatever. I go with my brothers in law because my one brother-in-law had to drop off me and the brother-in-law that went to the game at his work to get his car. So, I should just say names so people know, like, it's easier to tell the difference. So, Micah and Jason are two of my brother-in-laws. Kay. I go back with Micah and Jason, even though I rode up with my par- my parents-in-law. Mm-hmm. We And Micah has to drop Jason and I off at Jason's car at Jason's work. So we get to his work, <clears throat> and we go to Jason's car, and we're like, should we go straight to the game? Or should we like stop back at his house so we can get some things? And we look at the time, and we're like, we just need to go. So we just went, and fortunately i had notre dame stuff on so i was like well prepared um and anyway we got there uh and my brother-in-law was like he's been to many notre dame games like a ton mm-hmm. and he always he'll, he's usually always tailgates beforehand he's never done it last minute like we did yeah and so he usually does all his drinking beforehand because they don't sell alcohol at the stadium mm-hmm. so um he was like i just want you to know that I'm leaving enough time for us when we get there to go to a liquor store because you can't go to Notre Dame game if you haven't at least had a beer. So we intentionally <laughs> parked a mile away from the stadium uh-huh. so that we had time to drink our beer on the, the walk walking to the stadium. That's such a college football move. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> That's sweet. And, uh, yes, yeah, so we got to the, the stadium. It was packed. Uh, I had to, like, climb over people um, yeah. to really get to our seats and everything. But the game was great uh notre dame took care of business 31 16 i believe was the final score against usc i just had an all-around great time like i can totally i think i texted you and richie and i was like turns out college football is really fun Um, it's so i mean i've never been to an nfl game so it's unfair to compare i have never been either so the environment at a college football game is awesome yeah um so yeah i was I was, I was pumped and it was just such a, it was, it was very fun. Like clearly yep. a lot of tradition, people having fun, taking things, um, taking a lot of the traditions seriously and yeah, it was just a great, a great overall time. And I'm just, I'm so excited cause I, so I've, the Bear, going to a Bears Packers game has long been on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And I know that as a Notre Dame fan, like going to a Notre Dame USC game would be on my bucket list simply Mm -hmm. because it's a rivalry game. And to me, in many ways, Notre Dame USC is very akin to Bears Packers in terms of how much Mm -hmm. the programs hate each other. And so for me to be able to go to the college, my team's equivalent of Bears Packers for $40 was a no brainer. And it was awesome. And I'm pumped because then (coughs) in two weeks, and I actually just bought these tickets today, in two weeks I get to go to Notre Dame Navy. um, Oh, cool. That'll be a really fun game. That's a rivalry too, right? At least it feels like they play each other a lot. They've played each other like forever. Yeah. But uh, actually, one reason I'm... It was kind of crazy going to this Navy game because... I actually, from my school, my school was offered group rates if we got a group mm-hmm. large enough. So mm-hmm. I was able to get a group together of twenty seven people, and I, Jeez. I got, That's I cool. like, I collected all this money from people. At one point, I had a thousand, I had eighteen hundred dollars that were like not mine. <laughs> <laughs> that was just other people's. That I just like ponzi scheme just keep it all <laughs> yeah <laughs> games canceled they said sorry no <laughs> refunds <laughs> right it turns out that's notre dame's bye week haha <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like um no so I'm, I'm very excited to go to that as well and now that i know more what to expect and since it won't be last minute on that day november 6th when we go um we're gonna be we're gonna go early i think my brother-in-law said we're gonna get there like between 11 and eleven thirty. and he actually has some friends um who went to notre dame who are going to be there tailgating so we're probably going to go early tailgate with them for a couple hours and head over to the game so tailgating is so cool at games too i've only done that at one michigan game i went to but yeah it's awesome well the whole experience was awesome it was electric i had so much fun and i am i'm just yeah i'm just pumped so i can i can see the appeal and uh i hope i hope that it's the first of many notre dame games i get to go to well as dads with young kids too it's like very rarely do you have chances to just spontaneously go to a like a game that high level right so that's really cool yeah to be able to like last minute go to a game like that so exactly no it's 100 percent true also because like i always say like oh it'd be great to last you know wait until the very last minute buy these tickets when they're cheap but The reality is, is as, yeah, married and parent. It's like you rarely can commit to something like that because you usually just have other commitments. So, yeah, truly like a once in a lifetime kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Um, good stuff. So, but before we leave our college football segment, I did take a look at the rankings again this week, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. So sorry, great win by Notre Dame. They took care of business. Exactly what you need to do against your rival. USC closed it late in the game to one score at one point, and then Notre Dame just kind of took over after that. So did the job. Um, But looking at the rankings, um, nothing that happened this week, like, changed so dramatically, I guess, in terms of my opinion on things. But Mm -hmm. there's a couple things that stand out that that just bother me. So, yep. One is the fact that Alabama is third um and that just I, i'm I'm not gonna let it go that they lost to texas a and m because no. out of all the ranked teams with one loss, they have the worst one loss. I mean, even Ohio State losing to Oregon was a better loss than that. uh-huh Notre Dame losing to Cincinnati, Cincinnati was a better loss than that. I mean, at this point, unless you've lost unless you lost to Georgia, losing to Cincinnati is like the best team you can lose to. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame lost to them, was the lower-ranked team, and only lost by 10. Well, even how about this? Iowa, I know they got higher in the rankings than Notre Dame ever did, but Iowa is ranked higher than Notre Dame currently. Notre Dame's lost to the number, current number two team. Iowa lost to Purdue. Yep. And Notre Dame beat Purdue earlier yep. this year. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah. I have a big agree. problem with Alabama there. I have a big problem with Iowa being ranked ahead of Notre Dame um honestly i've come around to ohio state being yeah like i mean it is what it is they haven't beat anybody these past few weeks but they're winning convincingly so it is whatever i do think michigan and michigan state should be ranked higher but because they play head to head i'm not worried that's what i was gonna say i'm fine with ohio state being higher than notre dame but i i agree that michigan and michigan state should be higher at this point um Oklahoma I'm fine with where they're at, Cincinnati I'm fine with, Georgia I'm fine with. Alabama's the big one I have issue with and Iowa as well. Yep. Moving on down the rankings um um so look, I know that they beat Alabama, but I have kind of a problem that a six and a two-loss team is ranked 14th in the yeah. country. There's too many one-loss and no-loss teams yep. ranked below them. Yeah. Um and Texas and yeah, they beat Alabama, but they were also they were unranked when they beat them. So, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's stupid. And, like, for example, I mean, okay, I'll come back to that. But then, as you keep moving on down... Um, Penn State is even overranked. Auburn 5-2. and two, And Penn State... Penn, Penn State actually, sucks. Penn State's the one that actually has me the most upset. Because yeah. Penn State... Um, so, obviously, one of their losses is to Iowa, which at the time that mm-hmm. was 3 versus 4 and you're like okay yes yeah, so this is a big game Iowa wins Penn State drops but they lose to the number 3 team who's now the number 2 in the country like it's respectable sure. right yep but then when Iowa loses to Purdue now that mm. makes that loss look worse on Penn State and then the Penn, same week that Purdue or Penn State loses an absolutely humiliating and historic game to the like one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, for real. Penn State <laughs> then loses to Illinois. In nine overtimes. <laughs> like if you lose to Illinois in nine overtimes, you should not be allowed to be ranked for the next five years. That should be the rules. <laughs> like that it's stupid that like and I would even I would even be fine with it, I guess, if they were ranked 25th. But the fact that they're still 20th blows my mind. You know why it is. It's because they play Ohio State this coming week, and they're still trying to preserve that as a, a top 20 matchup. Like They they know if they drop Penn State out of the rankings, it would just be like, oh, now it's just Ohio State against Penn State. Like, But if you can preserve that as – because originally it was supposed to be top 10, Ohio State and Penn State square off, and then now they're just desperately trying to keep Penn State – appearing relevant for this game you know what'd be crazy is that if this week if penn state beats ohio state (laughs) and michigan beats michigan state michigan is almost assuredly the big 10 east champion yeah which would be very underwhelming way to win the big 10 championship (laughs) to lose to ohio state at the end of the year and be like oh well we still won anyway (laughs) but i guess actually no because it provides you that assurance though well, Ohio State would have had two losses, but one's a non conference. So if Ohio State beat Michigan head to head, they would still have an even record with big ten games. And then Ohio State would Is that what matters? It's not overall so it, record. It's just conference record, yeah, oh. not overall. So Never that's mind true. Then. So they'd have to lose another game. And ultimately that's how I want it. I wanted to come down to that. I don't want Michigan's first time with Harbaugh making it to the champ the Big Ten Championship being you back in after you lost to Ohio State. Like Yeah, just earn it. Go beat Ohio State. (laughs) Yeah. But so anyway, I have a lot of problems with all of that. And I, yeah, I don't know. Iowa State, I don't know. I feel like they've been overhyped the whole season. They were like ranked seventh going into the season and they immediately lost to Iowa, who was ranked like 20th at the time. And then Iowa doesn't look good now. They've proven that they're just over overrated, but the committee wants to continue to hang on to well no, like we had them that high for a reason. You know, like they know it looks bad to completely And what's drop up with BYU, BYU at six and two? Have they been good? I haven't paid attention to BYU. I mean they've at been all. fine, but they haven't played a great schedule and they've lost to the teams they played that were good. I don't yeah. I don't get the hype with BYU. I don't know. I I I still have just so many problems with the way they choose to handle these mm-hmm. this ranking system, and I very strongly feel that I feel that Alabama. Okay, look, maybe you don't drop Alabama out of the top ten at this point because they've had two good wins after the A and M game, and enough other teams have lost. Like I'd be fine having them eight, nine, ten range. But Alabama right now should not just be handed a playoff spot. No. Alabama's been ha- has earned playoff spots for ever since the playoff has been created. It would not be the worst thing for the competition of college football for Alabama to have to struggle to get back into the playoffs. Especially because the reason they would be held out is because another SEC team, Georgia, is just having a dominant year. Like, it's still good for the SEC. And it's It's actually better to have a new team represent you, you know? Like that year that LSU won the championship. It's like, that's just good for the conference. It's good for college football. And it's stupid that they, like, there's no reason to not drop Alabama because, you know what? If Alabama is in the eight, nine, ten range, guess yep. what? They're still probably gonna play in the SEC championship. And then if mm-hmm. they beat Georgia, now they're back in the playoff. And look at this schedule. So you got Michigan, Michigan State play this week. Say you have Alabama at nine right now instead of Iowa. All right, they're gonna jump either Michigan or Michigan State um then whoever of those teams wins also has to play ohio state later this year so you're going to jump one of those teams when they play again you're going to play georgia you're gonna have a chance to jump them like you can move your way back up you you still control your own destiny you don't need to artificially keep them as a top three team like yeah and and it it sucks because the only reason that they've crept back into the top three is because mainly of iowa losing yeah um Uh, yeah it's just it's just frustrating because i feel like alabama being number one overall they lose to an unranked two-loss team and their punishment is they only drop to the fifth seed Mm -hmm. like any other team that happens to almost any other team they get dropped at least down to 10 if not further right yep i know notre dame for a fact would not survive like Honestly, Notre Dame is ranked 11th right now. That's probably where Notre Dame would get dropped to if they lost to an unranked team as the number one overall seed. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I feel like I rant about this every week, but it still makes me mad. No, it is. It's just inconsistent. It's not objective at all. It's just, yeah, what standards are they using? It's just, I don't know. I mean, by the end of the year, we should have a good idea who the best four teams are anyway, but it's just frustrating. We have to see this bogus ranking along the way. Like, yeah. Well, my parlay is officially dead. Nuggets are losing by 16. Jeez. Well, in better news, you're going to cover a Seahawks, it looks like, because the Saints are up by three. And there's a couple minutes left in the game. So the Saints look like they're about to get the ball back. They'll just run the clock out. That is the last time. I say this every time, but you and Richie hold me accountable. I'm not betting favorites in primetime games anymore. (laughs) <laughs> That's just, part of why I bet the Seahawks. It's because, so consistently a bad bet. And a lot of times and, the favorite wins, they just don't cover. Honestly, a lot of times it's the under too. Yep. Well, right now the total's at 23. So <laughs> <laughs> It's 13 to 10. Oh man, Yikes. really? Wait, what how much time is left? 1 minute. <sighs> Who has the ball? The Saints are it's fourth and 28 for Seattle. So the Saints are about to get the ball Dang back. It. If they stop them. Oh man. I just need one more field goal to hit the one prop that I have. Oh, if each team scores. It's not going to happen. What was it? It was like four field goals or something, right? I need four field goals. They have three, right? It was yeah. 13 to 10. Yep. Three. I mean, if, <laughs> if Seattle converts the fourth and 28, with a minute left, they're they're going to play for the field goal to tie it. Which, that'd be good for me, too, because the only way I could have a chance to cover the four is an overtime touchdown. <laughs> My ideal would be Seattle, co- <sighs> Seattle covers, and it's the under, and it's a field goal. So, a field goal would hit that, and then it sends you to overtime. You should still be good on the under, no matter who scored. And then if Seattle was the one who scored, all those would hit yeah so i just we'll turned, update as the game goes how it yeah. i just turned it on we'll see fourth and 28 oh my word they're way back there holy crap yeah. they're on their own seven yard line this is going to be a disaster for my sake for this bet if you don't how did i get to fourth and 28 at least one sack i saw gino penalty to. gino <gasps> dude no safety please no safety Oh, that would be a sweet. Please, please, please. Oh, Dude, can you imagine if you would have gotten to safety to cover? That would have been awesome. So now a minute left. Seattle has no timeouts, right? They have three timeouts. Do they? Right? Oh, no, they don't have any. Never mind. I'm reading that wrong. <sighs> Crap. So they're just going to kneel the ball out 10 yards away from the end zone. Crap. You never know. They might run it. Crap. But I have the I have the Seahawks plus three or plus four and the parlay and, and the under in a parlay. So I can't have one or the other. I need them both to happen. The Saints are such a frustrating team. To no, watch. I'm it's nervous, like the, dude. The Saints never do what I need them to do. It's like they'll blow a team out, or they'll get blown out, or they'll just win but not cover. Like it just I can't get on the right side of the Saints this year. All right, let's see what kind of offense we're looking at. Yeah, they're just going to kneel it. Come on. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yes. Well, thankfully, we hit on the Bulls bet earlier, so I'm just going to break even today. I'm just bummed about my six-leg parlay. I was about to make a big bank on that one. Do you still have any kind of cash-out option? No. Crap. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I should have taken – The cash out, but it was still only half of what I could have earned. And so the Yeah, they're the favorite. It's like, you'd like to just ride it out. I mean, it's the Nuggets against the Cavs. Like, are the Cavs that good? (laughs) Everybody on their roster is 7'6 and taller. (laughs) They don't have any guards except Sexton. Oh, yeah. Sexton. Seattle is 0-3 at home. Jeez. That's wild, dude. It's that 12th man advantage. All right. Um, so, where did we leave off? College football. We updated on, on the FN- rankings and stuff. an idiot. This is a player I love. It's a player that is on a team I love and has been a big part of that team's success. Matthew so Stafford. Year. No. <laughs> okay. Tyler Bertuzzi um, for the Red Wings. Uh, one of our best players right now. He's right now currently third in the, in the NHL with scoring. So obviously he's been playing really well. I think he has like seven or eight points. He had four goals in the opener and he's done all that despite missing a game. So impressive, right? Well, the issue is the reason he missed that game and not to get too political, but he's still an effing idiot. He is the one player on our team who is not vaccinated. So when we made that trip up to Canada, guess who had to be left behind because he's not allowed in the country. The issue for the NHL, we're going to play about a quarter of our games In in Canada. So not a great Sport to not be vaccinated in. Um, I guess it's not that many. Maybe a quarter of our games against Canadian teams, but not all of them are on the road or whatever. But yeah, so whatever that ends up being, 10, 12 games of the year, he's just going to be at home on the couch because he didn't want to get vaccinated. And it's just like, whatever. I Personally, I'm over the whole political conversation about it. What about my freedoms? Like, okay, whatever. I get it. But man, like, just the definition of a selfish move right like sorry teammates can't go with you even though i'm the best player on our team right now because i didn't want to get vaccinated it's just again it's like whatever make your own decision but as a teammate i kind of feel like you you owe something to to the rest of your team and showing up is the bare minimum you can do so i don't know just I guess I have a problem with the policy. I have a problem with a lot of things, but this could have all been avoided if you would have been vaccinated at the beginning of the year. You're like one of the only players in hockey who hasn't been. Hmm. Uh, Very frustrating. Yeah, I can see why that would be frustrating um, for sure. So for my Hmm. affinity, I had Matt Nagy, and mine is also actually COVID-related. Um, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Matt Nagy, he was asked a lot of questions after the game. And first of all, he's an idiot because he just doesn't even know what to do anymore. And I, that's even, I talked earlier about like how he doesn't provide anything good for the team, which is why he needs to go. But if you want to further that point is that he doesn't even know, like he doesn't even have answers for things anymore. People will ask him questions about why is this not working? And he's, he, like you look at his face and it's just a look of bewilderment. Like, I don't even know, like, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? Like, what? Well, like, well, we just gotta find the why. So, yeah, it says nonsense like that. So it's like, it's hard to take him seriously and understand really what he's saying. Like, I don't know. He never knows what's going on. it Seems like he doesn't have. He doesn't have answers. But one of the crazy, and he always responds to what Bears fans like to call word salads, where he just says a bunch of things. It sounds. <laughs> Yeah. Barely coherent. Like he, he basically says something. It sounds professional, but it doesn't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the execution we just got to go back and uh, the film, and uh, yeah. you know, just like yeah. throw a bunch of coachy buzzwords together. And super it's like, vague. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he was asked a question. I, again, I don't know what the question was, but the quote he had was, "Well, we've, I, you know, I like where we're at, and we've really grown really close together over the past twenty-four to forty-eight hours." And it's like, first of all, that answer has nothing whatsoever to do with the question about why your team can only score three points a game and can't get any protection for the quarterback and is dropping wide open passes. Second of all, you are having a COVID outbreak on the team and you think the best way to answer that question is that we've grown really close together over the past 24 to 48 hours. Like (laughs) really close, like less than six feet. (laughs) Yeah. Like not. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Yeah. No, a lot That's of people funny. are ringing it up. And then it comes out today that Matt Nagy has tested positive for COVID. So it's like... I hadn't even made that connection, that like that meaning of it. That's funny. Yeah. So like, okay, the Bears are having a COVID problem. And you say, well, it's okay that we lost because we're at least a close team. And now, like literally physically, you guys are being too close together, getting COVID, and now you yourself have COVID. And people have been joking about it. And I do want to say like... I would never wish COVID on Matt Nagy, okay? But I will admit that it does have a little bit of irony with it, and I think that's fair to admit while also not laughing out loud about it. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you say that? Because as soon as you said not laughing out loud, I knew I (laughs) I had to. Oh, man. that is uh, Well, maybe the real wins we had this year were the friends we made along the way. Did you ever think of that? Yeah. The the real the real the, the real wins were the bats we ate along the way. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Can you believe by the way that people some people still believe that COVID was started by somebody eating bat soup in China? <laughs> Remember how people believed that? Yeah. Yep. It's like a bat just fell it was yeah, like in that mar- the Wuhan market, some guy in the corner just eating bat soup. <laughs> Uh, isn't that the most like? It's such an American projection, ethnocentric, on... oh, like yeah. mongering tactic. It's like Cold War propaganda. Oh, they're eating <laughs> bat soup over there. That's what. That's what did. It. Uh, no, it's like a, a thing... Marvel villain origin. Story. I can't tell you how. M- like, I will have not so much at the school I'm at now, but my old school. If I would bring up anything about China, which I've been to, but I would have mm-hmm. kids all the time, like somebody would say something about a dog, and they'd be like, well, they eat those over in China, and they'd go, any any pet you'd bring up, they'd be like, they eat those in China, and I'd just be like, I have been to China, and I never saw, like, a cooked dog for sale, okay? Like, that is not true. They don't just eat dogs. <laughs> it's just like poodles roasting on like one of those spits just right in the middle of town right like i'm sure i'm sure there's uh. different parts of china where the, they're so impoverished that maybe all they can find is like a street dog or sure something. but that's true in the u.s too the, like, uh, anywhere yeah anywhere with like poverty and hunger yeah <laughs> i just oh wow. and these are uh these aren't even, like, white Americans saying this. These are, like, Mexican-Americans at my old school <laughs> who are like, oh, in China they eat dogs. Like, I'd have uh, a kid who'd come up to me and be like, how the tables have turned. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, Mr. George, did you know they eat dogs in China? I'd be like, no, no, I didn't know that because I've been to China and they don't, okay? <laughs> uh, it's such a stereotype, too, with, like, Chinese restaurants in the U.S., too. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, well you if you go to Chinese restaurants with certain people or if you listen oh, enough, you always hear people's... Wonder what that is. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what's in that. Well no joke Well don't <laughs> order it mo- then if you're concerned. <laughs> yeah. order- Not to reinforce the stereotype. But a Chinese <laughs> buffet near my house did get shut down. Uh oh. Because Dog. they had been taking roadkill off the sides of the roads and bringing it back into the kitchen. Nice. It's like that's just efficient. <laughs> yeah. That's, hey, that's being resourceful. Then it should be given a community. Our service Native American award. forefathers would be proud. Use every part of the buffalo That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine a road killed buffalo? Can you imagine that how- would destroy your car. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened, like in Yellowstone and stuff, where they cross the roads. Yeah. Or uh, you hit a moose with your car. <laughs> that would be... Or, I mean, a moose would probably just walk off. <laughs> like You could hit a moose at 80 miles an hour, and you'd take the most damage. Or in, like, Africa or India, you run into an elephant. <laughs> You're driving, like, an open-top safari-style Jeep, and you just you just head-on collision with an African elephant. <laughs> <laughs> if your insurance covers that. So. <laughs> Oh, with wow. 15 minutes you can say 15 percent or more on geico <laughs> we uh what was the thing like we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two or whatever oh, yeah that's like farmers. i feel like that yeah running we into an elephant farmers. i feel like bum, that could bum, be bum, bum, a bum, 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 bum. commercial yeah <laughs> oh farmers, man we, what are we're we even talking about anymore <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know um stereotypes yeah but why were we talking about that because in China, eating dogs, something COVID. About, oh, oh, COVID. Nagy has yes, COVID. COVID. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Nagy sense. ate a dog. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our final area of grievances because we're clearly at our wits' end here. You fool! I've been trained in your jiggerlocks. Bike out are you not? You must realize you are doomed. go first um my fall break is over um so it's in some ways it's a grievance just cuz it's like you know time time off time you're able to normally do things and it's it comes to an end and now you're back to the grind and you know how it is it's just hard to you know how, whether it's house projects or seeing people you haven't seen in a while or whatever um it's just hard to do during a normal work week so that has come to an end um also uh my other big grievance for today is that i have my alarm currently set for 4:30 in the morning to go to the gym and oh i already have yeah um i remember i, I honestly i'm inspired by you because i know that at your uh-huh. old, old job you had to get up at 4:30 to go to the gym mm-hmm. and so i've been telling myself if shane can do it after we recorded late into the night many times, and he would get yep. up after, like, two hours of sleep and go to the gym. Oh. And I can do it, too. And there you go. The workout I'm going to do is this one that my mother-in-law shared with my wife, good. which I actually was like, oh, I could do this. And this is a good introductory thing. Yeah. But it's called 12 3 okay. And so you go on the treadmill. You put the incline to 12. You put the speed at 3, so it's basically a walking pace, and you do minutes. it for 30 minutes. Huh. Okay. So I'm going to try it out tomorrow. I'm going to be give myself some grace. Like, if I can't go the full 30 or if I need to lower the incline or whatever. Or hold I, the rails for a second or whatever. Yeah, I will do that. Um, but I'm looking forward to trying it just to see what it's like. Huh. That's cool. I barely ever use the incline on treadmills, and I know it's a good workout. I should more often. I, I never use it for running because running is hard enough for me. But yeah. I started using it recently on on just walking. Like there was a day I went to the gym. I was like, man, I feel so – like I just don't feel like doing much here. So I'm going to – I just want to walk on the treadmill. But I'm going to at least put some incline there so it's at least like a more challenging walk than just like walking. I feel the- like running on an incline treadmill is like a death trap <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're just asking to end up decapitating yourself somehow <laughs> or imagine a decline on a treadmill i'm imagining that it doesn't how would that even sound, work That sounds kind of kind of nice honestly <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, it uh, makes me like sick thinking about I mean, although it could it could create you like make you like buckle your knees you know how like if you're running downhill yeah and you like hyper extend your knee like yeah. yeah that okay. <laughs> speaking of treadmills though have you ever seen those videos of the guys who put different cans of beer on a treadmill and they'll turn on the treadmill and they'll do like nascar race with it i've seen like people who put hot wheels on them and stuff so yeah see was, which one's the last one on there was one where yeah it was they had you know like miller bud light coors like rolling on their and side make a little ultra yeah they put them on their side turn on the okay. treadmill and watch them go and miller light was the winner yes yeah. this episode is brought no, down the champagne beers. is that them or no i don't know, I <laughs> know. maybe <laughs> sounds right somebody's the champagne miller know. miller is great great tasting less filling oh yeah light. and coors is maybe that's of, the champagne I no Coors is the one that it's like Rocky Mountain and Blue Mountains that are cold. Are you Googling it? The champagne of beers is Miller High Life. Oh, Miller High Life. Okay. That's why. (laughs) And that is definitely not the champagne of beers. Good marketing, because that is not. I mean, I guess... Okay. Champagne is kind of overrated. It is. That's true. So... That kind of than maybe, <laughs> champagne is the few times I've had it. It's like is this Sprite? I oh, don't know. It's just champagne. Yeah, it's like no, but yeah. Sprite is better than champagne. That's actually probably like, and yeah. maybe it's just the champagne I've had recently. But like at New, Year- my parents have more regularly on New Year's getting gotten champagne, and like we all have some. Mm-hmm. But every time they get it, maybe they just get a super dry version. But I'm like, man, this is like some very bitter yeah like this is how people want to start the new year (laughs) like (laughs) i'd rather start it with like a big bowl of ice cream or something (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) yeah all right cool what are your Um, grievances my first grievance is um i think i had this last week too continued plans for moving Mm. just very stressful and very overwhelming and very annoying all the paperwork you have to deal with and uh Yeah, it just feels like – it's. I mean, it's all good stuff. It's exciting and it's fun. But during the process, I don't feel – and you know this because you just moved. It's like there's very little time to, like, enjoy it or be excited. It's Mm -hmm. like – until you finally get settled in at the new house, it's like okay, now I can take a breath and appreciate it and stuff. Yep. During the process, it's like oh, you finally find a house, and instead of being like wow, this is gonna be our new forever home, it's just like oh, this is this needs to be done. Or now, how am I gonna work out the financing with this? It's just yep. yeah, it's just exhausting being the. <laughs> being a decision maker for a family it's like when you're a kid you enjoy oh the move it's gonna be fun and exciting it's just as an adult there's very little fun and big life-changing decisions so Uh, so yeah that sucks um also michigan michigan state huge game coming up but partly because i'm just such a pessimistic fan i find it very hard to be excited for this game i'm just kind of slightly nauseous and scared um and my nerves, I know, are going to be at an all-time high watching this game. It's like when I get really nervous, it's like my hands almost feel like they're going to start shaking. I just cannot like actually enjoy the game because I'm so terrified of losing it. And then if Michigan wins, then I'm going to enjoy it. But like during the game itself, it's just I'm going to be on edge the whole time, very nervous. And if Michigan loses, this is going to be probably the most devastated I've been after a loss since JT was short. So, for the sake of the podcast, you should probably root for Michigan to lose because it's going to result in some great content. But I don't know though. You've there's been some bad losses before. And just like the Bears lost this week and I expect you to come yeah. on and be furious, I and could just check out emotionally and that's true. Actually, yeah. last year, last year week 2 you were like Michigan is going to boat race Michigan state. You're like yeah, bet you're the right. mortgage on the spread. <laughs> All this, like you were very—they were high. favored by like twenty-five. That yeah, <laughs> and you come in and Michigan State wins, and yeah. I remember being like, "Oh, this is going to be some great content." And you come out and you're just like, "I just don't even have much to say." And it's like, "All right, well, I get." So like, that you and I cope by just not saying anything, <laughs> which it's is just not healthy, losses but, like that. It's like, yeah, it's like I'll feel like, man, I'm going to get all fired up and pissed off. And it's like really, it's just so deflating. It, I, it would be better if we if there was a way for us to record like while the game is happening yeah because then i'll get like actually mad but like after the fact after a loss like that i'm just like i'm so emotionally drained well and especially that especially like, from saturday too because you have a full like 48 hours for it to like yeah. soak in and really i mean <clears throat> we're not i don't know i i if, if we were if you and i were like single dudes i'd be yeah. like yeah, let's record during the Michigan game, but Mm -hmm. we're not. We have families, and just, sorry, I have other things I'm probably going to end up doing during that game. I will watch that game, and if I can't, I will be following it very closely, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be able to, like, yeah. so. And the weekends are so full, and, like, ultimately it is just sports and everything, so it's, like, by the time Monday. sports? (laughs) By the time Monday rolls around, so much stuff has happened that, yeah, it's hard to, like get as fired up it's more just a dull throbbing pain at that point rather than like getting all fired up about it you know it's just like it's just exhausting so i mean like because i'm a pessimistic fan i'm already in anticipation of possibly losing this game i'm already feeling a lot of these things like we should start we should start a television network called fn sn and it would be frustration nation sports network and the the Mm. like subtitle for it instead of it can just be it's just sports. Don't worry, it's just sports. It's just sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inspiring slogan. FNSN. It's just sports. <laughs> FNSN. Yeah. I like that. It's just sports. Well, man, Michigan hat. You know, yep. I know you're worried and you feel nauseous and sick for this game. <sighs> yep. But you know what they say? Always look on the light side of life. That is what we are frustrated and terrified about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or Frustration Nation at com. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. If you're frustrated this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe if you get as frustrated as you do. Or you, if you get as frustrated as you do, <laughs> or as we do, or you just enjoy hearing us gab consider supporting the show on patreon for a monthly subscription or venmo tip jar for one time donations every little bit helps even one dollar which is more money than it costs to purchase bat soup in wuhan makes a big difference for us we appreciate the support now get out there and frustrate the hate how much do you think it is to buy bat soup in wuhan yeah what's their currency Is it yen? No, it's not yen. It's yuan. Yuan. Probably would be 8 million yuan. I'm gonna Google how much to buy bat soup. Let's see. (laughs) There's actual recipes for it? What? (laughs) Alright, wait. It's like like a deep. I feel like Louisiana or somewhere like that would make (laughs) it. Louisiana. It's like a deep south thing. Go tigers. It's like a throwback. There you go. All right. All right. Okay. So this will be interesting. Okay. So directions. Bat soup is eaten in many countries in Southeast Asia and Oceania, (laughs) primarily in Indonesia and the island island nation of Palau. The soup has gotten immense coverage over 2020 when bats (laughs) were mistakenly linked to the coronavirus outbreak. A film with people eating bat soup in Palau was wrongly labeled as being filmed in Wuhan, and that was all that was needed for it to become viral and to start the fake news frenzy. Bats can transmit many viruses to humans according to new scientific reports, but there is no evidence to date that bats or bat soup was responsible for the novel coronavirus. Going back to food and recipes, there are many bat soup recipes depending on country and region. Below is a recipe shared with us by an Indonesian chef. So I love that last paragraph. They're like, so basically it was a horrible year for bat soup. It was wrongly blamed for coronavirus. But back to bat soup. How to make bat stock. The broth of fruit bat, bat soup stock. is <laughs> the broth of fruit bat soup is made by washing a bat and throwing it in boiling water, fur included. Oh. Wait, do so you boil it alive? I guess. Or well no, How do you catch soup. it? Wait. I mean it has to be dead before which yeah, just right. fly out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe <laughs> boil the bat stock with lemongrass, galangal, kaffir leaves what? and vegetables until it simmers. Dice the bat meat without the bones and put it in until it cooks. Season it with salt, sugar and white pepper and squash lime on top of it to brighten its flavor. Yum yum. This sounds disgusting, Serve it hot with rice. Would you try it? Pro tips from our readers. If your friend asks what soup it is, just tell them it's just fancy aged chicken. Works every time. (laughs) It is true. Like so many things that are like exotic meats or whatever. If you didn't know what it was... You would just think it's like a certain seasoned kind of seasoned chicken. Yeah, because chicken is chicken is such a, I mean really bland white meat. Yeah, it's a bland white meat, so it's easy to just add stuff to it. Yeah, like whenever I've had like alligator or you have like jerky of like weird meats or whatever, like I had ostrich at one point. It's just like it always is basically just like a bland chicken flavor. So. Bad's okay. probably the same. So here's another recipe for it. All right, here we go. Ingredients. <laughs> I just love this. Okay. I'll, I'll save the one ingredient for last. So water, okay. one tablespoon of finely sliced fresh ginger, one mm. large onion, quartered, garlic, and lots of it, sea salt to taste, chopped scallions, mm-hmm. soy sauce, and coconut milk or cream, and... Okay. Of course the main ingredient you can't forget 3 to 4 fruit, fruit bats well washed but neither skinned nor eviscerated. Eviscerate? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what is that? And oh. then th- here's the directions three how to make to it. Four fruit bats. Place the bats in a large kettle and add water to cover, ginger, onion, garlic and salt. Bring to boil and cook for 60 minutes. Strain broth into a second kettle. Take the bats, skin them and discard the skin. Mo- remove meat from the bones and return meat. And any of the viscera you fancy to the broth. Oh, that's like the intestines and stuff, viscera. Then you heat it. Serve liberally, sprinkled with scallions and further seasoned with (laughs) soy sauce. (laughs) And told you they did it. (laughs) Coconut cream. This makes four servings, so one bat per person. And then, this is hilarious, at the bottom of this recipe, it says, Note, a final word about the Gene Hewitt cookbook. It is now out of print. (laughs) (laughs) I would hope so. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can't see why. Wow. Well, there you go, listeners. If you listen to this entire post... I almost said post-game show. If you listen to this entire post-script snippet, you now know how to make bat soup. You're welcome. Enjoy. Sprinkle with love and kindness and COVID for everyone. What do you propose? It's simple. We uh, kill the (laughs) Batman. If it's so simple, why haven't you done it already? If you're good at something, never do it for free.